Direct from Music City, this is live from Nashville. Laney Wilson, Wildflowers and Wild Horses to kick things off today on this frigid day in Nashville, Tennessee. And joining me is my not so frigid, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say that, my not so frigid wife. 
goodness. I have to be careful, don't I? My co-host. <laughs> yeah. My, my co-host, Mary Kay Holt. Good morning, darling. How are you? Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, talk about not frigid. We have a hot, hot show today on this cold, snowy day in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, it's a great show to kick off our one-year anniversary with Life from Nashville. So does it seem like it's been a year, darling? It doesn't. It doesn't. But, you know, this show has been so fun to be able to to hear and interview new artists. And um, we've got two returning artists with us today. We're going to have a great time today because we have some of my favorite people joining us. Surrender Hill, Robin and Afton Salmon are joining us for the first part of the show. And then Bobby Marquez will be joining us for the second part of the show. But right now we're going to listen to a great song by Surrender Hill. It's called If This Ain't My Rodeo. And we'll be back with my hot wife in just a moment on Live from Nashville.
um, she grew up in that area in what's called the Verde Valley in Camp Verde. And um, she, around exactly that same time, moved home from New York City, where she had been for about eight and a half years. And uh, she started, you know, kind of uh, playing music around town a little bit. And she ended up working with a guy that was the bass player in my band. And so she and I met through him. And um, we kind of like had this, this relation, this friendship on the periphery. You know, we were never really... We were just always doing uh, playing music at the same time, you know. So we never really got to to ever hear each other or hang out or anything like that. And uh, it took about probably after about two years of knowing each other, and then we started uh, doing some work together. And she fell hopelessly in love with me immediately. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh. Yeah. Obvious, obviously, Robert, it was not love at first sight if that was two years after, you know. But, uh. Hey, take it easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't she ruin the story, Gary. I'm sorry. Yeah, she, I'm sorry. She had just moved home from New York City, man. You've got to have a hard heart in New York City, so, you know. Well, Ashton, what were you right. doing in New York for eight years? I was a professional dancer and choreographer. That was sort of okay. my first passion in life. But yeah, that's fascinating. And so, when when did when did you start singing? Well, um, not officially until I moved back to Arizona. You know, in in New York, it's uh, the starving artist lifestyle was was exactly what I was looking for when I first moved there. But, um, and it was, it was, it was amazing. I wouldn't change a thing, but after a while, you know, the city sort of wore me down and, and I needed a change. But while I was there, I would always written poetry. I've always, you know, music has always, you know, my, there's a lot of music in my family. So I've grown up around it. And, and um, so I wrote a lot of poetry in New York. And, and then when I moved home, I kind of went through this, phase of of maybe some depression or something like that. I thought I'd kind of given up, but I needed another creative outlet. And so my dad taught me, you know, a few chords on the guitar and I started kind of playing around with some of that poetry and turning it into songs. And so that's really when I started songwriting. Wow. 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 Yeah. Robin, what, yeah. Robin, what about you? When, when did you start? When did you start with your music and, and, uh, yeah, how did that happen for you? Um, I started uh, kind of uh, probably around when I was 15. Um, I went to a boarding school. I, you know, my family moved uh, from South Africa to Texas when I was 12, and I, I, we moved to this this very large working ranch in Texas called the YO. And um, okay. while I was on the, well known. the ranch, yeah, I, I totally got into uh, you know, the whole Western lifestyle and everything. And I love that. Um, but my folks sent us to a, to a boarding school outside of Dallas in Denton and Denton, you know, of course has, has uh, one of the, the greatest music schools in, in the nation, you know, at, at North Texas state university. And yeah. so this, this incredible creative, uh, you know, musical um, thing happening in that town and I happened to have a, uh, my roommate was from England. It was a boarding school, like I said. And so I had this roommate, and he was from England. He turned me on to all this punk rock and everything. 
And so I started really getting into the whole punk rock scene, but then I would go home, you know, for the holidays or summers and I would, I was a wrangler for my job, you know? And uh, so it was kind of this weird sort of hybrid of punk rock cowboy thing. And around, around 15, 14 or 15, um, I literally traded in a saddle and a gun for a guitar at uh, Gibson's in Kerrville, Texas. And uh, so I had this guitar that I took to school. Yeah, I took this this guitar to school, and um, this uh, this guy there started teaching me how to play guitar a bit. And I started writing songs, and I started started a band in high school called The Empty Minds, because that was pretty appropriate (laughs) at the time. (laughs) And... uh, yeah, and I just, I knew that, you know, I knew that music, that was it for me, you know, and that was uh, the very, very early 80s. And um, after, uh, when I gra- graduated from high school, I moved to uh, Estes Park, Colorado. And while I was living in Estes Park, um, the band U2 came through uh, and they played what is now a very, you know, iconic uh, concert of theirs uh, that they made a movie of, Um at, at uh, Red Rocks. That's called yeah. Under a Blood Red Sky. And I went to that show, and it really, um, it really just kind of sealed the deal for me, you know, that I knew that that's, that's what I was going to do. And my dad, you know, my parents were very supportive. They, um, you know, their only stipulation was like, whatever you're going to do, do it well and, and to your best ability. And I had kind of this, this crossroad where I was either going to go to Utah and uh, work on a, um, a ranch out there uh, with a mutual friend and, or go into music. And I really, uh, the, the summer of, of 1983 was kind of my deciding factor, you know, and uh, I decided music was it. And so I started a band there in Estes Park and I knew that that wasn't going to fly. So um, I moved those guys, they were still in high school and I moved them to Austin, Texas to the great chagrin of their parents. Obviously I was wow. a popular guy. Yeah, well, I was a senior in high school. <laughs> yeah, we we were living in Jeez. an apartment in Austin and playing the scene, and they were going to high school every day, and then we would go, you know, I'd wait for them, and uh, we'd, off we'd go to rehearsal and kind of pushing the peanut. But then um, I got an opportunity. Uh, I wrote a song in 85. Uh, there was this whole, you know, the, the whole uh, Band-Aid thing and all that stuff in the 80s with um, saving the world and, and all this kind of thing was, was uh, really big with, with a lot of the music and everything, uh, bands and stuff. And there was a foundation that was doing a, a program, a, a big convention thing in New York City. And they were bringing all these kids uh, into to sing at the United Nations. And uh, basically what had been happening was they were collecting letters from children all around the world um, asking for peace. And it was really right. cool. And, of course, this when, you know, the, the Iron Curtain was still up and in full blast. And so an American kid and a Russian kid at the time, a child from the Soviet Union, the two of them uh, delivered these truckloads of letters to the United Nations and dumped them there. So I heard about wow. this whole thing through, through my parents, and I wrote a song, and I sent it up, and they loved this song. So they invited my band to come and perform the song at the United Nations, which was a kind oh, of a, wow. a pretty, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty big thing for us. Uh, it was a big at thing. At the time. 
Yeah, it was awesome. And so we went to New York City, and they they put us up, and and uh, you know we went up to the Bronx to this uh, public school up there to rehearse with all these kids, and it was just a great experience. And then they put us in a in a recording studio for a couple of days, and so we had this. And we we actually this was a funny thing is um, you know we're three like punk rock kids, you know, and self-taught musicians and everything. And uh, we got a concert. We played a concert at, at uh, Juilliard. <laughs> oh, wow. And, so, yeah. And, and yeah. And so we, we were told, you know, we're, we're doing this concert and we were, you know, the three of us were just completely, you know, distraught because we're like, come on, man. You know, we, we all play like six chords, you know, um, <laughs> over and, over. and uh, but it was amazing. These kids, at, at at the school, you know, we set up in the auditorium and it was like the Beatles had arrived, you know. They were oh, wow. it was just the oh, it was wonderful. It was the most incredible reception, you know. And uh that whole experience, you know, told me that that uh we needed to either be, you know, in LA or in New York City. You know, Austin at the time in the eighties, I mean it was a great music town, you know, always has been, and it was a good punk rock music town at the time. But um, things were very slow moving there, and, uh, you know, I just kind of felt like I needed, you know, we needed to be someplace uh, where it was a little faster. And that was the reason I chose New York City was um, I had had the opportunity to spend quite a bit of time in Europe. And um, and I loved, you know, at the time, I loved the whole uh, concrete and gray and, and dingy kind of feel and, and New York in the eighties was certainly that, you know, so we moved there and, and, uh, my band, you know, moved there and, and we kind of hit the pavement for about two and a half years. It took us. And then one, one, uh, wonderful Tuesday night at about 3 AM, there was happened to be a guy in a, uh, club called CBGB's that we were playing in. And he, um, he was a producer. And he was one of about seven people there. And he ended up uh, working closely with me and, and got us a deal with, with Epic at the time, which then moved to Sony. And, yeah, uh, yeah so we did that for about five years. Uh, I had this band that put out a couple of records with Sony, and we were out on the road and everything. But I tell you what, the, the Western roots just kept uh, kept crawling into me, you know, and the, yeah. the times on the Wyo Ranch, you know, uh, at the time, that music, that Texas music, I loved it, but it wasn't, um, it didn't really, you know, it didn't really hit home and resonate, you know, and growing up in right. South Africa, Chris, Chris Christopherson was a huge artist in South Africa, so I grew up listening basically to Chris Christopherson, you know, from when I was five, and I loved that kind of music. I never, um, it never really, you know, came just kind of started coming out of me until uh, the late nineties, you know, and it was, wow. it was through songwriting. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think yeah. it's the songwriting so you, aspect of it. You know? So you guys are yeah. both in New York. Were you there at the same time Afton, or different times? Complete, completely different decades. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. But parallel wow. experiences. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. I know. We talk yeah. about that all the time about getting back in and, uh, sharing each other's New York, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we have yet That's to go there together. <laughs> yeah, that needs to happen. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. Hey, I want to get to some music. Okay. This is fascinating. 
this, you know, your stories are fascinating. We haven't even talked about the Africa time for uh, for Robin and, and more to talk about with Afton. But let's get to some music. This I love this song. This is called Tumbleweed. We're going to listen to that and come back and talk more with Surrender Hill today on Live from Nashville. Shopping malls rolling down the doors, turning out the lights. Streets that wind between the empty buildings, echo like a canyon in the moonlight, but we're alright. I thank God we're all. about good people in the river drowning in the fight warm but we are helpless in our shelter what are the reasons why the parks where children played and chased each other silent as a graveyard at midnight that we're all right. I thank God we're all right. Yeah, we're all right. I thank God we're Talk about the weather Or now is lost and lonely as a desert Tumbleweed
great song, y'all. You know, um, I did, I really listened closely that time to the percussion for a very particular reason, (laughs) because before the show came on, we were talking a little bit about your son. His name is Ren, and he's showing (laughs) some promise as a drummer. (laughs) Afton, can you tell us about your, your upcoming band member here? (laughs) <laughs> well, our son, Ren, he is five years old, and, um, you know, he's obviously been surrounded by drums and, and music since he was in the womb. I mean, I think we played a gig maybe up until two days before I gave birth. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, he's got incredible rhythm and just this innate, um, you know, love for music. And we, um, we were working on a new album, actually. And so we had our drummer, uh, Matt Krause, come down from Nashville to um, lay down some drums in the studio. And that was, Ren was in there with us, and he just, like, got sucked in. And he, you know, he wanted to film that. And now he, with all of the videos that we took, he just, watches and mimics and he does air drums and then he'll then we'll put him in front of the you know the the full kit and he'll just start playing it's incredible oh wow wow and he's you know super, i would like he's he wants to he's driven like he wants to practice like he's working really hard mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's that's how you know a child is really loving something when they become immersed in it. Yeah. And it really yeah. takes that kind of immersion to write music, to re- be a true musician and get lost in it. And mm-hmm. um, I was looking at your schedule. You guys are so, so busy. It's, it's wonderful for your fans to be able to have these opportunities to hear you sing. But I'm wondering how you, how you, balance that does Ren come along with y'all very often yeah sometimes now I mean we we've gone through phases where uh, we're blessed to have some wonderful friends and family surround us to help us you know when he needs to stay home or, or things like that we, we definitely went through a phase where he didn't want mommy to sing you know I think it was he wanted my attention but um, yeah. but now he loves the music so much that he'll come along and he'll just hang, you know, and sing along in the audience. And people, I think a lot of people get a kick out of watching him watch us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's definitely coming. He's becoming the draw. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> Wherever works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he will be the star one day. You guys will be back in It's going to keep happening, harmony. y'all. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's fantastic. So tell us about the new album that's in the works. So, yeah, new record. Um, we're sort of fleshing out about 22 songs and then going to whittle it down from there. Um, but it's been a, it's been a very different, uh, different album. There is, is a little bit of um, kind of the, uh, a little bit of rock and roll, alt rock kind of pushing into the, the Western side just a little bit. And it's kind of uh, developing what we're almost calling Southwestern soul. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, There there are some tunes that are very, uh, you know, just shine with the the whole Western 
uh, feel and everything for sure because we we love that so much. But there are some songs that are 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 coming from a um, you know more uh, serious and 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 slightly uh, darker place, and those ones have sort of called for you know bigger guitars and just some some darker tones on drums and everything. And uh, you know, Afton and I both uh, uh, over the past eighteen months, um, especially Afton, but we we uh, we both lost a few people that were dear to us that very um, just kind of out of the blue, you know. And it really uh, pushed us into a place of, of of trying to really look at every day and appreciate every day. And that's a lot of the reason why we've started trying to really bring Ren along um, to the gigs, you know. Uh, we just want time, you know. We want as much right. time to get and just Pressure. preciousness happen, you know. And so there are some songs that, that were written for the album, and you guys know how this is, but just – uh, purely from a cathartic standpoint, you know, to get through it. And, uh, right. yeah. you know, and, 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 and every time, you know, you perform a song like that, it's, you're, you're, uh, you're healing just a little bit more, you know? And so it's kind of a precious record for us. And I think that's why it's, it's taken us, uh, you know, we've been working on it now for about four months and there's just a lot of uh, back and forth on some of these songs and just trying to get, it right, um, not from a uh, a listener's standpoint, but right from our standpoint. You know, where where we feel exact, like wow, this song is we. It's sounding and feeling, and and just it, it's magical for us the the way that it's done now. And now we can put it out there, and hopefully uh, other people will feel the same thing. You know, so we're we're not really, uh, and and we don't usually ever really. Um, I don't mean this to sound selfish or something, but we don't really think about uh, the fans or people that are going to be hearing it. We just do it for ourselves because we, we hopefully, if we do it right for ourselves, everyone else will like it, you know? Yeah. 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 I like that. I like that. And really, I think that's the way it should be. You write what you feel yeah, and how definitely. you feel. And... Yeah. If you think yeah. too much about, you know, how to, you know, what are people wanting to hear? You know, and I've done that before. You know, you put something out. You know, what 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 do, what do people want to hear right now? And I don't know. You know, later on, I've listened to those songs, and they don't quite uh, feel as as connected to me as the ones that I you know that just come straight from 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 inside and and pour out correctly. And a lot of tunes, mm-hmm. you know, um, a lot of songs kind of, uh, they, we need to revisit, you know, we've got a couple of songs on this record that we've brought back, um, that have been hanging around us for, for a while, you know, and they just weren't ready before, that, you know, the true. other, sometimes, sometimes that happens. Yeah. They, they need well, to kind of marinate. Well, I'm excited for the new album to come out and, uh, and I hope I get one of the first copies when it's ready. You will. So we sure want to have you guys. We sure want to have you guys back show and and visit that again, and uh, spend more time with your dad gummit. We haven't talked about a whole lot of stuff that I'd like to talk <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, going, you know, I get going and I start eating up the mess. <laughs> well, hey, I like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah, that's well, what this is about. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Well, we're going to wrap this thing up. We look forward to having you guys come back. How can people find you? Um, Surrenderhill.com. Best way to find us is just go on the socials and, uh, you know, Spotify, of course. Yeah, Um, iTunes. Yeah. We're easy to find. All right. Surrenderhill.com, and they have a great Facebook page. You guys will enjoy it. You can get to see Wren. Uh, that's the big thing about that. You, you can see Wren and Jim Drummond. <laughs> Deal, so that's right kind there. of cool. Yeah. What were you going to say? Happy Bobby. anniversary to you guys to the show. Well, oh, thank you very much. One year. One year today. So that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I love yeah, it. Well, thank you guys so guests. much. We look forward to having you back. Let us know when you're going to be back in Nashville. We sure want to make sure to see you this time. And we're going to yes, end we'll this segment of the show with a great song called Quiet Western Town. Our special guests have been Surrender Hill. You guys are awesome. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Seven towns, seven days. Pulling quiet that I can't stay. Truck stops and highways are drowning out my memories. She said, Slow down now, boy. Put up your feet and feel a little joy. Float on the river, settle down, stick around. My quiet western town. Let out Time to move on, ain't no surprise 
cross county line I thought I'd burn that fever but that's a lie Gonna paint my name across the sky Slow down now boy Put up your feet and feel a little joy Float on the river, settle down, stick around. My quiet western town, stick around. My quiet western. to Equestrian Legacy Radio's Live from Nashville, heard around the world on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most streaming platforms. Just search for Equestrian Legacy Radio. When we come back, we will be talking with the one and only Mr. Bobby Marquez. Stepping in a honky-tonk in Beaumont And walk the most beautiful girl That I had ever seen in my whole life With a smile that was out of this world Right away I knew that she's different When I looked in her eyes I could see Everything on earth I've ever wanted And as we danced it slowly dawned on me She's not from Texas, she's from heaven Lone Star Angel sent God above She's not from Texas, she's from heaven From the first hello I was so in love We held each other close while the band played We talked and laughed about all kinds of things The magic way we floated round the dance floor Made me sure she must be hiding weeds I thanked the man upstairs who sent her to me Even though I knew it was a loan Promised him that I'd take good care of her Till the day she had to go back home She's not from Texas, she's from heaven Lone Star Angel sent God above She's not from Texas, she's from heaven From the first hello, I was so in love Here we go.
She's not from Texas, she's from heaven. The Lone Star Angel sent God above her. She's not from Texas, she's from heaven. From the first hello, I was so in love. Yeah, from the first hello, I was so in love. Mr. Bobby Marquez, he is a multi-award winning performer, and he is a good friend. We're going to welcome to the show right now, Mr. Bobby Marquez. Hey, Bobby, how are you? What are you doing, Gary and Mary Kay? Well, trying to stay <laughs> warm. No, it is, Bobby. <laughs> it's the, the award winning Mary Kay and Gary Holt. That is, that is, Y'all got to start, is... start saying award winning now. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. All right. But anyway, <laughs> hey, I was reading through. I was reading through your bio a while ago, and I remember at one time we had talked about this. But for folks that are snowed in in Tennessee and maybe not around the world, uh, you grew up in Freer, Texas. Is that did I pronounce that right? Yeah, Freer? that is right. Uh, it's a little little town uh, south of San Antonio, Texas. Uh, it's about about a two-hour drive from San Antonio, Texas, uh, and uh, it was just a small little town, three thousand people. And known now, for now it's a little bit bigger. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's known a little for bit bigger, you know, but <laughs> you know, growing up, it was like uh, like I told everybody, we only had one stop sign growing up, so it was it, and it was always the stop sign coming right through the town. So if you missed it yeah. and you blinked, you missed Freer, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gone. But, but it's known for its it's rattlesnakes. Rattlesnakes, and right? Known for rattlesnakes? Yeah, tell oh, yeah, us about that rattlesnake. And, uh, rattlesnakes and uh, deer hunting. They have the uh, the Muy Grande Deer Hunting Contest, which is the largest uh, white-tailed deer uh, hunting contest in the world. And uh, they've had, I mean, all kinds of country stars go down there, and uh, a lot of the Dallas Cowboys go down there to go hunting. But uh, Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood also have a ranch down there close to where my dad's ranch is at. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Now, did you tell me you ran into George Strait down there? Was he there for the rattlesnakes or the deer? Which was it? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, years ago, a long time ago, uh, I did. I was probably, oh, gosh. I don't know. I think it was before. It was definitely before high school, and uh, ran into him. He had actually had come into our hometown to to go hunting and uh, for the Muy Grande deer hunting contest. And I think he he actually won the most points on a deer that year. I think his deer that he killed. I think he had like seventeen points on it. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah! Wow! wow. Yeah. So now I remember I lived in El Paso, Texas for a little while, and I remember driving through from from uh, Nashville to El Paso, and I recall going through some areas where they were having rattlesnake roundups and and uh, cookouts. Or you know, I love rattlesnake. I've eaten rattlesnake before. So do you like rattlesnake? You know, to to be honest with you, I never tried it. I. I oh, had a man. chance to try it one time, and I and I just I thought about eating it, and I was like, I just can't do it. Couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. The thought of it. Mary Kay, <laughs> have you had rattlesnake before? I, yeah. I've had have rattlesnake. Yeah. 
It's, What's it taste like? Actually, the texture is not bad at all, but it's just it's like, like Bobby said, it's just the thought of it. It's just not exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if I was really, really hungry, you know, I guess I could probably take a bite or two. Yeah, oh, there you God. go. That's it's emergency food. <laughs> That's exactly. all it well, I was <laughs> I was at a wild game dinner, and I'm going to tell you, I almost didn't get any rattlesnake because everybody was grabbing the rattlesnake, so it it didn't last too long. Kind of, kind of tastes like chicken. I thought. <laughs> yeah, you got to, you got to remember well, to put the hot sauce on there. That way, that it'll make the taste go away. There you. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh, you yeah, have been you doing have some traveling. You have been doing some traveling, my friend. I was looking. You've been to the NFR in uh, Las Vegas and performing really all over the country. So what's your year been like this past year? God, this year was just, you know, it was so crazy. Uh, I've been really, really blessed this past year to do a lot of other shows, you know, that uh, that I had always dreamed about. You know, I had always dreamed to go to, you know, to the uh, the Cheyenne Frontier Days and got to go down there and, and do a show down there. Uh, got to go to Durango, Colorado uh, to do a show down there. And... Uh, South Dakota, finally got to go up to South Dakota for the first time and do some shows up there and uh, then go to Vegas. And uh, yeah, I've just been really blessed this past year, you know, a lot of stuff that I, that I had dreamed about doing and, and uh, you know, it had come to fruition and, and I was able to do it and, you know, and, and travel some of the country and, and, uh, and enjoy it. It's, it's just a, it's a really, really, you know, we have a really beautiful country, you know? Yeah. 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 And I tell people when I talk to them that Tennessee is beautiful. I'm seventh generation Tennessean, and so I kind of have a, a really warm, warm spot for this state in my heart. But whatever part of the country you're in, you're going to find beauty. And Mary Kay spent most of her life in Utah, which is a beautiful state. But I love yes. Colorado. I love New Mexico. Uh, there's just anywhere that you go in this country, I think you're going to find some beauty. And uh, Arizona, oh, Arizona's so beautiful too. I mean, just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. But I'm glad you're in Nashville. I'm glad we're in Nashville, and this is live from Nashville. And I want to get to another song from Mr. Bobby Marquez and come back do and it, a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, this is called Honky Tonk. We'll be right back. Honky Tonk, don't take me in and tear me up tonight, but don't leave me to my loneliness, don't leave me on with lies, don't you fill me full of hope, then fool me in the end, Honky Tonk, don't you break my heart again, you always have bar stool for me to set my troubles down trouble always finds me looking for a light sometimes i've got to wonder if you really are my friend honk your tongue don't you break my heart again honk your tongue don't take me in and tear me up tonight, but don't leave me to my 
thinking earlier today, I mean, you just know everybody in the music <laughs> business in Nashville. And, and uh, yeah, uh, I, I got to ask you, is there one person that you have met that you were just in awe of? It was like, well, wow, I'm actually getting to meet this person. Is there one that stands oh, out? Gosh. Yes, yes, and th- and this happened this past year. I-, I had never in my life got to meet him, and uh, I was actually at the Hall of Fame induction this year for uh, Tanya Tucker. And yeah, um, me and Jennifer, me and Jennifer were, were in the uh, uh, af- after the award show. They had a-, a dinner and everything there, and so we're over there, and I'm I'm standing there, and I remember Jim Lauderdale, the, the songwriter Jim Lauderdale, you know, passed him for right. So we started talking, and all of a sudden. This guy with the big old cowboy hat walks in front of me, and I looked, and I go, oh, my goodness, it's Dean Dillon. <laughs> and, oh, wow. uh, I mean, Dean is probably my – he's probably my all-time favorite songwriter. You know, he's written so many songs for George Strait and, I mean, Keith Whitley. I mean, the, the, the list just goes on and on, and, and I stopped him, and uh, we got to talk for a little while, and I was like – I was so nervous. Because I was just like, oh, my gosh, I finally got to meet Dean Dillon. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, so how did it go, it was... Bobby? Did you, when you started talking to him, was he, like, friendly and yeah. nice? Or... Well, you know, you know, you know, I talked to him because, uh, because you know, he wrote the song Empty Glass with Gary Stewart. I mean, that, he, was, uh-huh. he was the actual songwriter on that song. And I told him, you know, that I had recorded it and everything. And he was like, oh, my gosh, really? And I said, yeah. I said, it was actually one of my... One of my most popular songs out there that a lot of people request, even when I go to Texas, and he was like, oh, my gosh, I'd love to hear that. And so we swapped numbers and email addresses and everything, and, and uh, <laughs> I sent him a copy and everything, and he loved it. And 
and you know and we just became friends and you know we're even talking about maybe doing some songwriting together you know and uh, oh bobby that is and, so and, and, and cool this, so so even you know donnie winters right you know donnie winters uh, oh yeah yeah the songwriter songwriter donnie winters well we got to talking uh because i i had heard i was i was hearing him on the radio dean dylan he was doing an interview and he was talking about how before you know he became a big hit songwriter he used to go out to knoxville and go to this one club that used to be out there and he used to watch a band called the uh the winners brothers band and uh-huh. when i heard that on the radio oh, wow. I'm like oh my gosh he was talking about how he was a huge fan of the winners brothers band and that's donnie and his brother were the ones that had that right. band. so i said this is my chance i gotta i gotta i gotta ask him about this so i asked him i said hey i said uh, i've got a friend of mine named donnie winners a uh, great singer songwriter and he looked at me and he goes donnie winners and i said yes i said from the winter brothers uh band he goes oh my gosh he goes you know they were one of my favorite bands growing up and i said i know i said i heard you doing a an interview on the radio and i heard that story and i told donnie about it and i said you know i said he he would really love to talk to you and and, and get to meet you and he's like Let's make that happen. <laughs> that really cool, is you know? so incredible. Talk, you know? Just really nice, really nice guy, and and uh, just uh, he's just really down to earth, you know. Uh, but oh, you know, it's a small world. Bobby, it's a small world. Out this there. is why you know so many people is because you care about people. You, you and your, you and your beautiful Jennifer do such a great job of, you know, not just knowing people but learning about them. And that well, is know, why, like, you know, I had, I had good parents growing up, you know, I always, always try to pe- pe- uh, treat people with respect and, and be nice. And, you know, and I try to meet as many people as I can. And, and, and I've always been that way since I moved to Nashville. Uh, a lot of the times, you know, I've always, you know, put my friends first, you know, before me and I've always, you know, try to help them. That's just the way I've always been. I've always been that way. And everybody's always like, well, why do you, why are you that way, Bobby? I said, because I just don't, I don't, I don't see myself any other way. I've always been that way, helping others and and being friendly and stuff. That's just that's just who I am. I've always been that way. I've always, you know, thought of other people first than than myself. I mean, and that's just the way I've always been. Well, it is, and, and you and do such a great job with your St. Jude's benefit that you do every year, and so that's. That is just an awesome event that you put on. I'm, I'm so glad you guys back. finally got to make it out there and stuff. And and uh, and God, it was so crazy. I don't. Even, I think I just got to to see Mary Kay and and give her a quick hug because everything was so crazy that that night. But gosh, we had we had John Schneider and John Barry and Johnny Rodriguez and God, the list goes on. Rex Allen Jr. It was a man. That was a, one of the best nights. Yeah, it was oh, a great night. night. It, was it, was, it was just legend, legend but, after legend that night. So, so but crazy. I didn't get I didn't get a hug I didn't get a hug Bobby Mary Kay gets a hug and I didn't. You have to be in the right place at the right yeah, time, Mary. I guess I guess or I have to look like <laughs> Mary Kay. Raised, I don't know what it the, is. Uh, we raised the most money that we ever raised that night, and uh, and it was just gosh, I mean the people just come from all over the place, you know, and they they help support, and you know this year we got a lot of support from uh, new folks and. And, uh, you know, John, when I called John Schneider and asked him if he could do it, he was like, I'm there. And sure enough, he, he showed up and he was there. And I was like, oh, my good goodness, job. Man, we got so many people. Yeah, he you was know, so was good. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. So crazy. Well, I want to get to another song. And this is a song that you did with Rhonda Vincent. 
called For a While. Tell us about this, Bobby, and how did this come about? Yeah, so so For a While was one of the first songs uh, that I wrote when I moved to Nashville, and uh, I wrote it actually with a, a really good friend of mine who is no longer with us. Uh, she passed away a couple of years ago from uh, ovarian cancer, and her name was Memory Job. Uh, if you know the the, the big time producer Jerry Cupid, who produced Ken Melons and stuff on uh, on George Jones and uh, some stuff on Tim McGraw early in their career. Uh, Jerry had written all kinds of songs, but that was her dad, and Jerry was her dad. And uh, I used to uh, get together with her a lot of times, and we used to, I used to go over to Jerry's studio and do some demos and stuff. He'd ask me to come out there and sing and, and sing on some demos, and he'd pay me and stuff, so I'd go over there to his studio, and, and I'd sing some demos and stuff. Well, I got to meet his daughter, Memory, and you know we became good friends, and she used to come over to my house and stuff. We used to sit and songwrite, and uh, I had this this song in my head and I kept humming it, you know, for gosh, man, for a long time, I just kept humming it and humming it and humming it. And I told her, I said, I've got an idea. You want to come over? And she said, sure. So she came over and we sat down and started writing the song. And, um, by the time I knew, time I knew it, we had it done within an hour or so, but I never saw it as a duet. And she did. She had the sense of mind to hear the duet. And I didn't, I just kept saying, no, I don't think a duet's going to work. And uh, mm-hmm. anyway, we went ahead and we went to di- we did the demo on it, and we ended up doing it as a duet. She sang uh, on her portion, I sang on mine. And after a while, you know, through the connections that uh, Jerry had uh, with Tim McGraw, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill, well, they had her on hold for a long time and wanted to record the song. So, you know, a year and a half, two years went by, and they still had it on hold because they ended up wanting to record it. So I couldn't pitch it to anybody else. Whenever yeah, a song yeah. is on hold, you can't pitch it to nobody else. You know, with that, yeah. you know, with somebody with that kind of statue, you can't pitch it. So it just sits there for a while, and you just you're just kind of on pins and needles. You don't know what you, what's going to happen to it. And I so anyway, imagine. so you know, after a couple of years, they decided, you know, we're not going to do it. And they ended up doing that song, "It's Your Love." So they ended up recording oh. that one instead of ours. So ours just stayed there and ended up not being recorded. So after all these years, when I was putting this album together. Uh, my wife just said, you ought to think about doing a duet together with somebody. Do you have any material? And I said, yeah, I do. I've got one song. I said, but I I just I just don't hear doing a duet with it still. You know, even though we did the demo on it, I said, I just can't hear it. And she's like, well, I, I let me hear it. So I, I played it to her, and she heard it, and she said, I, I think it is a duet. You need to do it with, with somebody. And I said, well, who, who who can I do it with? I said, I don't, I don't really know who would fit me and my voice. She goes, I know who would fit. She said Rhonda Vincent. And at the, at that time, <laughs> I kind of met Rhonda Vincent here and there, but I didn't know her, know her, know her. But my wife was real good friends with her and had her phone number. So Jennifer calls her on the phone and says, hey, look, you know, would you? my husband wants to talk to you, you know, and about a song maybe y'all could record together. So at that point, you know, me and Rhonda hooked up, and we started talking about the song. And, you know, she said, well, send me a copy. So I sent her a copy through email, and she listened to it, and she goes, count me in. I'll do it. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like, this is crazy. I love <laughs> it. Do it with Rhonda Vincent. This is nuts. And uh, uh, so she goes, but there's one problem. And I said, well, what's the problem? She goes, I'm on the road touring. And if you want to get it done this quick, I don't know if I can do this. And I'm going, oh, no. I'm like, this is not good. Now my album is not going to be finished. Uh, I might have to end up finding somebody else. <laughs> she said, well, give me a few days. You know, give me a few days to, to see what I can pull off. And I'm like, you know, 
I was like, this is not going to work. I'm going to have to end up finding somebody else. And I was really down in the, in the dumps, you know, because I couldn't get this album out. I still needed to record a couple more songs. And all of a sudden, I get a phone call from her. She goes, uh, can you go to the studio right now? And can you uh, can you can you send me another version of Master Copy? Because so, I'm going into my uh, my studio up here. I've got like two hours to, to come in here and cut some vocals, and I'm back on the road. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I had to call the guys at the studio. Get her the, the the master on it so she can go into her studio and record the vocals. And here I am. I'm going, this is great. This is fantastic. But here's the problem. I'm like, this is not going to work because we don't even know how our voices are going to mesh. And if it sounds mm. bad, this is going to be really bad. And so I was, you know, <laughs> up in arms again. I'm like, this is not going to work. And so in the, in the, anyway, she, she got the vocals done. She sent them to our studio i went into the studio and uh started recording the vocals and i just recorded mine and then the guy put her vocals behind me and put them right up there and he goes i want you to come in and i want you to listen to this and i'm like oh no this is not good oh but you he's got you saying this is not working so i go in there and i start listening to the to the song and all of a sudden I hear, you know, on her part when she's backing me, I'm like, Okay, that sounds good. That's that 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 sounds really good. But how how are we gonna sound when we're together and we're actually singing together? <laughs> and then I heard it and I go, Oh my gosh. I'm like, Wow, she made me she made me sound like ten times better. I'm like, Wow <laughs> and They loved it in the studio. They go, This is great. This is a great and I was like, Oh my gosh and you know, that was my big fear was I didn't think we'd be able to pull it off, you know, with not being in the studio together and have that chemistry, but gosh, that chemistry was just there like naturally, you know, because she has that type of voice that she could sing with anybody. Gosh, she can go sing with George Strait, Garth Brooks. She's she's amazing. She just has that universal, that universal voice and feeling. And, uh, I mean, it, it just fit real well with mine and, and, uh, you know, it, it was a huge song for me. It's really, really great recording. Well, this is the Grammy-nominated for a while, Mr. Bobby Marquez and Rhonda Vincent. We'll be right back on Live from Nashville. You were here for a while. Sharing your kiss and your smile You could calm my heart with just one touch That's one reason I love you so much I knew then what I know now My pride would not keep me from the love we found For a while You were here for a while It felt so real But there's no one on earth who could love me And there's no one who could adore me like you did for a while 
And your eyes made me love you even more It almost felt like we had opened heaven's door Now I regret we let each other go There's no one who could save my So real, but there's no one on earth who could love me, and there's no one who could adore me like you did for a while. We had everything. We could only get it back For a while You were here for a while It felt so real But there's no one on earth Who could love me And there's no one who Could adore me Like you did For a while For a while For a while Wow. That, that song made a long journey to a beautiful destination. I'll tell you what. You know that that song was uh it it uh it was one of those songs that it it even stretched me as a vocalist because you know I I had to belt it out I mean and I had never done that in a lot of songs you know a lot of songs were lot, lot of, all the time were like honky tonk songs or something and yeah. and uh, the guys in the studio were like you're gonna have to belt this song out Bobby there's just no other way around it I'm like oh lord. I'm like, boy, I hope this because <laughs> even even with me, I mean, you know, it's it was it was right there on you know on the edge of my vocal, uh, you know, being in tune, you know, and 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 hitting my range, you know, and yeah. I'm like, gosh, man, I hope it doesn't sound you know whiny and this and that, you know, when I'm singing it, and so I, I there was a lot of bad thoughts on this song that I had, but it was one of those things to where it was just kind of like. It's all in your head at the time when you're thinking about it. You're like, this is not going to work. This does not sound good. That doesn't sound good. My voice doesn't sound good. This doesn't. And then the guys in the studio are just sitting there going, wow, this is, sounds great. And I'm sitting there going, yeah. Amazing. And then when I listened to it, I was just kind of like, I was like, wow, it sounds does great. sound great. You know? Yeah. But, uh, I'm glad they pushed me because if they didn't push me like they did, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have pulled this song off. True. And Rhonda, wow, she's amazing on it. Oh gosh, she has that 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 just haunting voice. And I mm-hmm. and I really truly believe that I think I mean there's a lot of other people I could have sang it with, but I there's just something about her singing that song, you know, that just it just made it. It just made the song. 
Uh-huh. I agree. It's gorgeous. Yeah, that's a great song. Great, great, great song. And uh, and you done good on that one, my friend. You done good. You done good, Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, you know, the you Grammy, done good. Grammy you felt done good. so too. The Grammy nominated yeah. song. Yeah. You know yeah. that was but one little part, like right at that. Uh, Rhonda Rhonda didn't sing. She was supposed to sing uh, on. You know when she's singing her part on the second verse of the song, when she's talking about you know uh, heaven's door and and uh, she's talking about you know. Uh, Looking into my eyes and everything like that. She's she was supposed to sing that that part. It wasn't supposed to be me coming in. And when we got the the master, I was like, she didn't sing that part. I'm like, oh no. I'm like, and she's gone. She's back on tour. What are we do gonna it. do? <laughs> and I was like, oh no, this is this is a disaster. And then the the guy the guy said, no no, hold on, hold on, let me listen to it. And then they listened to it and they said, you know what? Actually, a guy could sing that part. You could actually come back and sing that part because it's not a it could it could go either way, and I'm like, I hope you're right. So I end up singing that part that she ended up not singing, and it worked. <laughs> Bobby, you just need to find another uh, song that you just worry about the whole time, and it will be. And a then you'll have a like, hit. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, I said you've done good, but you've done good in many many ways over these years, and you've done good when you and Jennifer Heron got married. Such a talented, beautiful young lady. I don't know how you and I did it, but we sure married above ourselves. <laughs> we, we did pretty good, huh, Gary? <laughs> we did good. We both done good. We both done good. I don't know how we but, pulled that uh, off, but we pulled it off somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Jennifer is uh, multi-talented, so she's the, the she is the uh, producer on Crooked Chase, and uh, and I try to listen to that show on. Saturdays when I'm getting ready in the afternoon. Uh, she has hosted the uh, Ernest Tubb Midnight Jamboree. I think she did that, what, 17 years, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, it was like 17, 18 years. Yeah. Yeah, and and somebody told me the other day that since Jennifer left, that show has never, never been the same. So that was a mistake yeah, on their part. I heard someone say that the other day, yeah. But well, I appreciate that. She you now know, she, has she, uh, a, a new radio show that she's doing, doesn't she? She does. I, I'm I'm so proud of her. You know, after all these years, God, she, I mean, she's so talented. She's so, you know, just, uh, God, she just she just can do it all. I mean, you know, and of course she she's producing the uh, Crook and Chase National Countdown Radio Show, and then she's got her own PR, uh, you know, firm that she's working PR with. PR firm, yeah. PR, including me, and then. Uh, She's doing, you know, she's got an agent that she works with to, to do commercials and voiceovers and, and all kinds of stuff. And, I mean, she's just kind of everywhere and just kind of does it all. And now she now she's getting into back into some of the radio thing. And uh, and I finally got to listen to her uh, yesterday morning. It's on uh, WYTM. It's in Fayetteville, uh, Tennessee. And uh, her old boss, John Malone, who, who used to be the WSM program director, who uh, – uh, that she worked for, and then Kyle Cantrell's also on that radio station. Who Kyle was the one that actually hired her to come from Texas to work on WSM, and uh, so they're all together at that station now down in Fayetteville. And uh, but I got to listen the other day and uh, diversity on that station. You know, they play like the, the the traditional older stuff, and then they've got the '80s and '90s, and then they've got they play some of the newer stuff. They even play some of the Red Dirt stuff. Bluegrass. Right. I mean, they kind of do it all. 
And it's just yeah, a really yeah. cool thing. And but I finally got to hear her voice again after all these years. And I'm I, I was just sitting and listening, going, God, that's where you belong. I mean, she she just sounds really good on the radio, and I was like, that's where you belong, you know. And uh, it just yes. done, it just brought back days of of her being in Texas and and her uh, you know being at WSM. I'm, I miss that voice on the radio. Yeah, Aww. yeah, yeah. And in Texas, she was playing your stuff, and I guess that's how you guys got together, wasn't it? Yeah, that's how we met. Uh, I was actually. Uh, I was actually down in the dumps, and my brother at the time, uh, he was a fitness trainer at the time, and uh, he was training this uh, one DJ who worked at a radio station in San Antonio, and uh, I was looking for a job at the time, trying to make some money, and my brother said, hey, you need to talk to one of the, one of these DJs that works for one of these country radio stations. I'm really good friends with her. I'm actually a personal trainer, and I was like, oh, really? And then he told me, and, and I was like, oh, wow, I heard her on the radio. And he's like, yeah, you need to get together and, and talk to her and see if you, you know if you can go work for the radio station. They got some openings over there, you know. And I was like, oh, okay, well. And I didn't know what I'd be doing. And uh, so I ended up calling her, and she's like, you need to call, you know, the marketing firm because they've got an opening to in marketing. And I was like, oh, wow. So I worked in the marketing department there uh, at KKYX and Y100 there. They're, they're the big stations in San Antonio. I got, got a job working there. And that's how I met Jennifer. She was one of the DJs on KKYX. And, uh, well, at, at the time when I was working there, you know, I became good friends with the program director who was, uh, who was the program director for KKYX and Y100 FM. And we became good friends. And he knew I was a country singer, and, and uh, I did a demo of one of my first songs that I did. And, you know, it was horrible. I mean, it wasn't very good. It was okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, uh and anyway, he liked it. He's like, he's like, man, I'm gonna play it on the radio. I said, don't, do not, do not play that on the radio. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, I'm gonna play it. It's good. I was like, do not. I'm like, it is not good. Please don't play it. Well, I went back to work that evening, and uh, I'm working. All of a sudden, this redhead. You hear it on the air. She's like, are are you Bobby? And I'm like, I turn around. I go, yeah. And I'm I, I'm turning around. I look and I go, whoa, who's this hot thing walking in here asking for me? I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> she does turn heads. <laughs> and anyway, she she's there. You, Bobby, and I said, I said I am. And she's like, she goes like, well, uh, we're playing your song tonight. And I go, excuse me. And she goes, I'm I'm actually debuting your song tonight. And I go, well, what do you mean debuting my song? And she's like, well, the program director gave me the song and I'm playing it tonight. I'm actually debuting it on my uh, country cafe uh, time slot. And I'm going. Why? When, who? who uh, why? I mean, I was just like so out of it, you know. And she's like, "Oh no, everything's gonna be alright." And I'm like, "No, we cannot play that song." And she insisted. She says, "No, I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play it. It sounds really good." And I'm like, "Okay." She ended up playing it that night. And she actually became the first DJ to ever play my stuff on the radio. And uh, oh, and it, yeah, that's that how was we met. it. And, uh, that was it. And then we just we just started kind of dating after that. After we met, you know. Uh, you know, through the years, but we we had worked together for a good, I was probably three years, I guess, you know, that we were together at that radio station working together. And then, you know, like I said, we just became friends, you know, over the years. And gosh, we were, we were friends and dated for 10 years before we got married. Oh, wow. You know, I'm just yeah. amazed at how slow some people are, you know, you because know? <laughs> 10 years, it's, yeah. Mary you know, Jane, what was six months? Gary, I think some people are amazed like, at how quick we were. So. For 10 years. 
all my friends are like, you're dating her for 10 years. Come on, Bobby, what are you thinking? When are you going to ask her uh, to marry you? And I'm like, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Oh, oh wow, wow, wow. Well, let's get to some more music. Let's get to some more music. This is one called That's Life. What can you tell us about this one, Bobby? That's Life was also one of the first songs that I wrote uh, when I came to Nashville, and I wrote it with a hit song under Karen Staley, um, great songwriter. And I was trying to to find something that would fit me and, uh, you know, as an artist and and about my life growing up in a small town in Texas. And uh, I had that idea, and we ended up writing it together and, and it was actually uh, one of my first songs that I did a video on, too, as well. We did a video at RCA Studio B, which today I am sure and I am very, very positive. I was, I'm was i the only person to ever go in there and have a video, a music video shot in that studio. Oh, wow. That's life. Wow. Wow. Well, let's take a listen to this uh, amazing song who has the record for the first video in that studio. The only video in that studio. That's Life. Bobby Marquez will be back on Live from Nashville. I was born in a tiny town Where being poor never got us down That's life Well, Daddy say that's life He taught us to work, to chase our dreams The golden rule, value lasting things That's life Well, yeah, son, that's life Some you win, some you lose Some you're born with, some you choose You gotta play the hand you're dealt Believe in God and yourself I've seen a lot of change through the years Love and loss, happiness and tears That's life Yeah, you know that's life But for every hard lesson learned I got 20 blessings in return That's life Thank God that's life. Circle that goes on and on The darkest hours are before the dawn A roller coaster of ups and downs No matter what the world still spins round Grandma died last Friday night Sunday we went to church to say goodbye That's life Well, I guess that's a lie. Tuesday's sister had a baby boy. The 
Family gathers round to share her joy. That's life. Well, oh yeah, that's life. Oh, that's life. Well, that's real life. That's life. What a great song, Bobby. I am, you know, I'm a fan of your music. Both Gary and I are. Um, oh, you've thanks, got, Mary. I appreciate, you've got a, appreciate that. Well, you're welcome. It's well deserved, and you have lots of fans. You're out on the road. Can you tell us about your schedule and your upcoming tour? Yeah. So, so we're actually uh, this year. It's going to be a, a kick up some dust tour. That's going to be the name of my tour. Kick kick up some dust. Love it. You know, like usually, I, like when I go to Texas, I'll be playing a lot of the dance halls, you know, and they'll be throwing the sawdust out there. People dancing on the dance floor, you know, I, and I've been doing a lot of rodeo stuff. So I said, you know what? A perfect name is going to be Kick Up the Dust Tour. <laughs> I thought it would be kind I of appropriate it. to call it that, you know. <laughs> appropriate, and, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so we're going to go down to San Angelo, Texas. Uh, in September, we're going to be down there for the, uh, the big cowboy gathering down there. And uh, I'm so excited to be able to do this because I've been – I've been wanting to do this for years, and uh, I was finally asked this year to go down there and do this show, and so I'm really, really excited about that. And I'm excited about heading to uh, some more casinos casinos back in Tunica, Mississippi. Um, Going to be heading to uh, Durango, Colorado. We're heading back up to Wyoming, all that area doing more shows. Branson, got some more shows coming up in Branson. And, uh, yeah, I'm just excited, you know, about this year, and, and hopefully this year – you know, we're going to get back into the studio because I've got some new material that I've been working on uh, with writing and stuff. And, and I've got some songs that I want to record and uh, even some Christmas songs. I've, I've even written some Christmas stuff that, uh, that I'm looking to, you know, go into the studio oh, that'd and record. Be great. And uh, yeah, so I'm really excited about this year. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I'm just really excited about getting back out there on the road and, and, and doing some stuff. I don't travel during the winter time. You know, uh, here in January, I don't I don't actually kick off my tour until March, um, just for the simple fact that I had a lot of bad things happen in January and February touring on the road. And I, I told myself, I said, I am not going to do that. You know, so I haven't been doing that for the last two or three years, uh, traveling in the wintertime, you know, until March. So. So, uh, yeah, so I'm just excited to get back out on the road again and get some new music out there. And, and, and I, like I said, I, I've been writing a lot. Uh, and I'm, I've been I've been writing with a lot of my heroes too that that uh, uh, here lately. So I've got a lot of songs that uh, that I'm actually uh, you know uh, working on right now, finishing up with some different folks and songwriters and stuff. So I'm really excited about it. Well, we're That's looking exciting. forward to the new, new music, music from yeah. And me and Mary Kay, we're gonna get together and write us a song, aren't we, Mary Kay? Yeah, we've been. We've been I, I started to say. To you. I started to say I'd love to I'd love yeah. to see that. Maybe may you guys might even sing a little bit together. That'd be kind of You know, Mary, Mary Kay's got a great voice. She's she's one of my favorites, uh, when it comes to female vocalists and uh great oh, oh guys, you you got a fantastic voice, music, entertainer. I love her stuff and uh 
I'm, I'm so happy for you and, and everything that's been going on in your career. And uh, I'm just so happy to, to see all of the accolades now that you deserve. Cause uh, you know, I, I just, I love seeing that from my friends, you know, I, 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 yeah. I just love seeing all the success and, and everything that goes on. And uh, I'm just so, so happy for you and Gary and, and Gary, gosh, Gary, you're, you're winning all these awards now. What's going on with you? I have no idea. I just. It's the award-winning Gary Holt now. I yes. don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But, I, put that on my but, post. I put that on my post today on social, Gary. I called you oh, the really? award-winning. Yes. Yeah. Well, absolutely. You're, you're very kind. Not you're just very any. Kind. You're very kind. Well, you know, one of the one of the neat things, Bobby, at your event for St. Jude's uh, this, this past year was – Seen Johnny Rodriguez perform, and uh, oh, how, how did you guys get to be such good buddies? You know, uh, I I I was a huge Johnny Rodriguez fan fan growing up. I mean, I mean, he was always my dad was a was always played his music. You know, Freddie Fender too was was huge in yeah, our household. Yeah. My dad always played all everybody's music from George Jones to everybody, but Johnny Rodriguez. And Freddie Fender were two of the biggest that were played in my household. And uh, growing up, you know, I, I had always, I mean, jo- Johnny was just like it for me. I mean, he was like the George Strait back then, what George Strait is to me now. I mean, he was just, he was just it. And uh, all these years, you know, I got to see them perform, you know, a couple times. And well, when I lived in San Antonio, of course, he used, to, he used to come to the radio station all the time, and I always missed him all the time. Every time he came to the radio station, I had missed him. And most oh, of the time, geez. he would come, and he'd, he'd sit with Jennifer in the studio, and they'd, they'd talk on the radio, or he would call Jennifer on the radio you know, when she had her classic country show on KKYX, and they became good friends. Well, when the CMA, of, uh, uh, when the CMA here in Nashville, uh, they, were, they wanted to put together a Hispanic country music show. And okay. at the time, I knew the person there really, really well who was who was the head of the CMA, and they had called me and said, hey, look, you know, uh, we would like to see if you could put a show together. And I'm like, oh, wow, you know, I'd love to. And they were wanting to get Johnny Rodriguez. And I didn't know Johnny at the time. I, I You know, I, I really didn't know him. And so I'd asked Jennifer, I said, you know. Do you, do you know Johnny, you know, that well? And she's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I said, well, the CMAs wanted to do a show, you know, with maybe him involved and him be the headliner. She was, well, let me call him and let me ask him. So she called and he said, man, I'd love to do it. And so uh, she gave me his number and, and we started talking on the phone and, and we, we became good friends just talking on the phone. And then he came to do that show and it, my band was the one that backed him on that show. So we had to learn all of his music. And uh, ever since then, you know, we just became good friends. And then after that show that we did for the CMA, that next day was when we recorded Riding My Thumb to Mexico together. You know, we had oh, some wow. time, and Johnny said, hey, I've got <laughs> some time. I'm going to be here in Nashville for a couple of days. You want to record something? I'm going, yeah, that'd be great, but where are we going to go? <laughs> so uh, I had a friend of mine who had a home studio, and I had a song that I thought would be a really good fit, you know, for me and him. And, and it was a song called Neon Tan. And uh, another song that I recorded. So there's another version of me, Johnny, me and Johnny Rodriguez singing Neon Tan that has oh, wow. never been released. Uh, and then, of course, you know, I hadn't heard that. Together. Yeah, nobody's heard it. Uh, and uh, uh, eventually I may put it out. Uh, 
but uh, I just haven't done it yet. But th- but there's a version of me and him singing Neon Tan. It's a pretty cool version. But but we just became friends, you know, over the years, and uh, you know, we talked on the phone a lot of times, and then and then when he came here to Nashville again, you know, uh, for my St. Jude show, I said, Hey, look, I've been trying to get you for my St. Jude show uh, for a while now, and he said, uh, He said, Well, when is it? And I told him. He said, Man, I'd love to do it. And I said, well, we're not going to have a band. It's going to be a sit-down thing with just acoustic guitar, you know. And he said, well, count me in. And uh, so, you Aww. know, he ended up coming and doing the show, and, and he still sounds amazing, doesn't he? He, he sounds he good. Does. Yeah. He does. He's got he such does. an enormous, enormous spirit. Like, his energy filled the stage. Yeah. You know, John, he's Johnny, so excited John, you know, Johnny gets a lot of... Yeah, you know Johnny gets a lot of he gets a lot of bad rap, you know, in the country music business for you know because his drugs and drinking that he did over the years, but really, down he's he's such a really good person inside. He really is. He's he's really a good guy deep down inside, and uh, you know and and a lot of folks don't know that because a lot of folks you know never really personally met him, but deep down inside, as a friend, he's really a good person, and and he'll even tell you that hey look, I messed up years ago. I was young. You know, I got mixed up on this and that and really screwed a lot of things up, but I'm trying to make it right. And he is. He's trying to make it right, you know, and I think he's having the most fun right now doing what he's doing, you know, and, and uh, he, he just looks really good now. He's he's out there and he's having fun and singing again and, and uh, doing some stuff here and there. And, uh, uh, yeah, he'll always be he'll always be my friend and my hero, you know. All right. Well, it's, it is great. Well, we're going to close out this part of the show with Riding My Thumb to Mexico with Bobby and Johnny. Uh, give us your website so people can get your music and find out how they can follow your tour. Yeah, they can go to uh, www.bobbymarquez.com. It's M-A-R-Q-U-E-Z.com. Or they can go to uh, facebook.com slash bobbymarquezmusic. All right, Bobby Marquez Music on Facebook. And his website, he got a great website, by the way. I was just on it a little while ago. But you have been it's so really much fun, good. my friend. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and uh, I think I owe you and Jennifer a dinner. So we're going to have to make that happen. Yeah, we soon. need to go out. We when do. it's not that's, snowing. That's great. We need to do that. <laughs> we need to do that. Yeah, not, sure. this, not, not this week. Not this week with the snow. No, 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 not this week. <laughs> hey, look forward to having you back and uh, tell Jennifer hi for us, okay? I sure will. Thank you guys so much. I love you guys. All right. We Thanks, Bobby. Talk to you soon. All right. Here we go. Riding my thumb to Mexico. We'll be right back. This old highway seems so long to when you're going where you've been. And a lonesome song can make you cry time and time again If I'd listened to a friend of mine ten years ago today I'd have a better job than what I got today But the billboards on the highways and the brake lights on the cars Made me jump out on the highway with my bag and my guitar If she comes or if she goes, it doesn't matter anymore Cause I'm riding my thumb to Mexico Riding my thumb to Mexico It don't matter when or how I go 
Looks like you're winning. 